the pharmacist role in Canada, especially in my role as a retail pharmacist, uh, mm. is, is to help patients really navigate that health insurance financial aspect of their medications on top of their clinical needs. The patient started experiencing a bit uh, about uh, insomnia. So she had insomnia at night because the doctor told her to take the acetylacrim at night and she wasn't able to sleep. The way that a UK pharmacist would qualify for a Canadian license, um, you yeah. have to take a total of three exams, uh, yeah. plus any additional provincial re uh, requirements for you to yeah. license. Very in 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 the climate that we are in today, where yeah. you know the political climate is so divided, everyone. Yeah. There's so so much open animosity towards each other, you know. Yeah. That that's really refreshing, right? You know, yeah. just someone trying to do good, and that's as simple as it is. So welcome back to the fourth episode of the PRN pod. Today we have Anthony, who is a community pharmacist working in Shoppers Drug Mart. Uh, he's an ex-Keel University graduate and a badminton captain and one of my big brother from university. Um, so he was fourth year when I was a fresher and we, we got randomly allocated. <clears throat> well, I say randomly. They definitely did some matrix in there. Um, and we got allocated as like a mentor and mentee. And he's literally been my mentor the entire time. Um, most of the times, I just go for him for like advice in general. And we even watched the um, NBA Finals of twenty. Was it twenty sixteen? It was twenty sixteen, right? It's twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, and I fell asleep. I almost missed the most legendary things. That happened in that game, but I woke up and I watched it. I was happy. It was a great series, but there you go. We were just best bros, um, still are. And so, uh, but yeah, he um, is a pharmacist now in Canada, and which is the topic of our discussion today. So Anthony, do you want to give us um, just a bit of about yourself and what kind of things you've achieved throughout the years? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know how much I have achieved throughout the years, <laughs> uh, but you know, definitely thank you so much for having me on. I uh, feel very honored for, you know, getting invited on, you know, getting other people to hear what I have to say. That's a, yeah. a big honor. Yeah. Uh, so I am currently a pharmacy manager for a pharmacy chain in Canada, Canada called Chopper's Drug Mart. Uh, very similar to Boots uh, in the UK. In fact, I think uh, in the Chopper's Drug Mart history, I think it's uh, Chopper's Drug Mart, the model was inspired by Boots. And at some point in Canada, Boots used to exist here, and I think Shoppers Truck Mart bought them out at some point. So very similar to Boots. Oh, yeah, very yeah. Similar. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a 2016 graduate from Keele University with the MPARM program, um, and I've been working for my company Shoppers Truck Mart since I was uh, 18. Um, so I used to volunteer as a uh, in the pharmacy uh, in when I was in my final year of high school of secondary school 
and uh, I've been a student pharmacist throughout university. You know, during the summer and winters when I come back home, uh, I would continue to work in the pharmacy in the dispensary as a pharmacy assistant slash student uh, pharmacist. Um, so uh, in terms of achievements, um, I suppose I am one of the younger lead candidates for my company. Lead is a program that they assign certain, uh, they call talent uh, to be on track to become an associate owner for the company at some point in the future. Uh, and the term associate owner is um, basically a pharmacist who owns and operates a Shoppers Truck Mart location. Um, because our company actually operates on a franchise model. So each store is owned by a different pharmacist. Uh, so I aspire to become one of the pharmacist owners. Yeah. Um, so I'm one of the younger lead candidates uh, in terms of age. Um, and I am one of two lead candidates in my Vancouver district. Uh, so I'm. I suppose that's a that's an accomplishment, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you humble brag, man, dude. It's amazing, bro. <laughs> so oh, happy for yeah. you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also am very involved with uh, the local university practicum program. Uh, the university UBC, University of British Com uh, British Columbia, runs a pharmacy program. Um. They assign students to uh, retail pharmacies, hospital pharmacies, pharmacies, specialty pharmacies uh, throughout their uh, years of education. And I've been lucky to have a lot of students uh, come through the pharmacy and I've been their preceptor uh, for their practicum uh, with for various lengths ranging between a month to two months uh, and even some for three months actually uh, at our pharmacy. And I've been very lucky to be to have been nominated for the Pharmacy Preceptor of the Year Award on many, many occasions. Uh, certainly, I have a big passion on uh, sharing my experiences with other people, uh, especially those who are young, up and coming, uh, and want to learn more about the pharmacy, retail pharmacy industry. So uh, I suppose that's another accomplishment for me. And I'm also currently serving on the OEE, um, that's their Office of Experiential Learning, the office that organizes practicums uh, and I, I will be serving on their advisory committee uh, in the next month or so uh, and that would be an ongoing position that I would hold with UBC. Damn dude that sounds flipping fantastic. Yeah like, new experience what, for me too. Yeah I think I honestly think you obviously deserve all the positions you have and like you've always been like a really good great mentor to me and other like um, pharmacy students uh, up and coming even whilst you were like fourth year when I was like first year um and so yeah dude definitely um I'm, I'm sure they're they're very lucky to have you on the the panel man oh thank you no worries man um so so why did you want to work in Canada I mainly want to work in Canada because of family and lifestyle mainly because um I grew up in Hong Kong just like yourself Stephen yeah. um and I moved to Canada when I was very young and I, I went back to Hong Kong because my parents wanted me to be kind of ingrained in the Hong Kong culture. Um, yeah. So I, I did primary school in Hong Kong. I did secondary school in um, Canada. And I did my post-secondary in the UK. So I've moved around quite a bit throughout my life. And for me, I did want to have some stability, long-term stability in my life. So I, I really enjoyed the culture uh, of Canada. 
uh, and I really enjoy the lifestyle in Vancouver. You know, one of the most beautiful mm. cities, ranked one of the most livable cities. Uh, yep. I enjoy a lot of outdoor activities, and you know, uh, we have some of the greatest like ski resorts in the world. Uh, some of the best mountains to do hiking and you know biking. Yep. Stuff like that, and those are the activities I really enjoy. And uh, to me, there's nothing better in life than to have like a mountain that you can go do a hike. You know, half uh, like a world class hiking trail. You know, half an hour drive away from your house, right? Um, yeah. So there, there's certain certain unquantifiables that are that only really exist in Canada that you can't mm. really get anywhere else. So for me, it's mm. mainly lifestyle. And, uh, you know, my, my partner also is from Vancouver and uh, mm -hmm. she has no intention of moving to a different country at this point in time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's also a really important factor for me. Mm, sounds good. And, um, for, for those who don't know, um, I did visit you, um, in Canada, was it three or four years ago? And we yeah. had a ball of a time. Um, oh, for sure. It was, it was great. Like, So I understand when you say the beautiful mountains, we did that hike up. Yeah. What was it called? That what was, was the called? Chief. Yeah, the, the Chief. The Chief, yeah. We went yeah. to the Chief. It was a beautiful site. Um, and then where else did we go? We went the, biking. The food that we had too, right? The food that we had. Oh, food was great. Food was great. Food was great. Food was great. Uh, wing, was it wings, wings on a Wednesday? Yeah, what? Yeah, Wing when, Wednesdays. Wing very, Wednesdays. Yeah, very, very Canadian, American, very, very, like North American yeah. type of thing. Wing Wednesdays. <clears throat> yeah, Wing Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, you can't forget yeah. that. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. you've worked in the U. I, I'm assuming you've done placements and stuff in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you, I had some experience with the UK pharmacy. Yeah. yeah so how, how, how different do you think the practice is here compared to Canada? Um, I think it's hugely different, um, mm. and I think a lot of the differences come from the the differences in terms of how the healthcare system is funded. Uh, in Canada, yeah. it's funded by a hybrid system. Um, yeah. So hybrid meaning um, all provinces offer a public health insurance type of scheme uh, yeah. for the general population, and mm. anything extra. Uh, comes from private insurance plans that are offered by a lot of employers. So it's a hybrid system. So, for example, if I wanted to get a medication filled, um, since that's the most relevant example that we're talking about today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so let's say you wanted to get a prescription filled and the medication, for example, cost $40 uh, in terms of cost with a dispensing fee added on top. Um, you know, if you had no private insurance plans and you did not enroll with the government uh, insurance plans, you would pay for or all forty dollars yourself. Um, hmm. If you enrolled with the provincial coverage, uh, provincial insurance system, then you might be eligible for some coverage from the province if you satisfy their criteria. Uh, most of them are based on like an income-based, um, yeah, income-based kind of deduction system, uh, deductible yeah. system. So if you make over a certain amount of dollars, then you have to pay for X amount of dollars worth of medication before they start covering a percentage of your medication. Yeah. Um, and then if you had if you worked a job that also offered health insurance, uh, then they would on top of the provincial coverage, they would supplement that too. Uh, so. It's a hybrid system. It's a uh, some. It, it, there's universal health care um, hmm. on a baseline level, 
and then yeah. the extras come from your insurance plan. Uh, not mm. to the degree that the U.S. has it. For example, surgeries and stuff like that, major operations are all covered by your provincial universal health care. Uh, you basically wouldn't have to pay for anything like that unless the operation is uh, optional, elective surgeries. Um, yeah. But the big ticket things are covered by the government uh, from our taxation. Uh, and the extras, you know, going go to like massage therapists, physiotherapists, stuff like that, uh, that would yeah. be on your private insurance plan. Yeah. So that that's probably the biggest difference in terms of like a UK practice. Um, yeah. You know, for example, like when a patient comes in to fill a prescription, they pay a set price for the dispensing fee, and that's about it, right? Mm. Um, but in Canada, the the prices fluctuate between different pharmacies, uh, between uh, you know different brands of medication that you get. Um, yeah. So uh, the pharmacist role in Canada, especially in my role as a retail pharmacist. Uh, hmm. is, is to help patients really navigate that health insurance financial aspect of their medications on top of their clinical needs and their therapeutic yeah. needs to make their health better. Uh, we also navigate a lot of the health insurance uh, claim submission for them too. So that's probably right. the single biggest uh, difference. Yeah. Damn. That sounds a lot more complicated than I thought. Uh <laughs> Um, but I'm sure a lot of people are actually up for that kind of discussion with um, patients, like helping them with those kinds of financial decisions. Um, yeah, so that's do, for sure. Yeah. Do you think the transition from getting your degree in the UK um, helped you like get into Canada for you? Or do you think, is there things that you think, oh, if I've actually really used this um, part of learning that I did in the UK, that really helped you in your career? Um, yeah, definitely. There there have been things that I was taught in the UK that I would not have been taught in Canada. Um, first of all, there were certain elective topics that I could select when I was at Keele University. Um, so I did an elective on uh, nanotechnology, uh, which was really quite interesting. And that, unfortunately, mm. was just, it's just simply not taught at uh, UBC. Um, so that's some some of the more clinical parts Keel did teach me a bit more uh, regarding mm. that 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 clinical type of knowledge. Um, mm. In terms of trans helping me transition to Canada, uh, certainly the education system is based on the way that the exams are uh, conducted in your respective countries, and obviously yeah. our exams are very different. Uh, so the knowledge um, is translatable, but certainly requires me to restudy a lot of you know rules and regulations. Uh, certainly require me to study a lot about the different medications, uh, and different countries have different guidelines based on different evidence too. So yeah, uh, in some sense, I actually have to I have to kind of unlearn quite a bit of information that I learned when I was in the UK university, uh, trying yeah. to pass a, a Canadian license exam. Um, yeah. So, so, so have to do a little bit unlearning. So, you know, um, the transition between a UK pharmacy degree to a Canadian license, um, mm. translatable, but uh, mm. not without its uh, challenges. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit more about your conversion exam? Um, because I'm sure a lot of us, a lot of the listeners would kind of <clears throat> want to venture down the route you have gone to but aren't really sure how the process is um uh conducted 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it, the way that a UK pharmacist would qualify for a Canadian license, um, you yeah. have to take a total of three exams, uh, yeah. plus any additional provincial re uh, requirements for you to yeah. license. Um, so in my case, I wanted to license in British Columbia, BC, uh, in Canada, yeah. uh, because I wanted to practice in Vancouver. Um, yeah. So I had to take uh, a total of three exams. Those three exams, the first one is something called the equivalency uh, exam. Um, so the equivalency exam is basically a fundamental uh, knowledge test to make me equivalent to a Canadian uh, graduate. So that would entail yeah. some rules of regulation, not very extensive, uh, but uh, also a lot about the medications, chemical structures, um, so on and so forth. What do you learn yeah. in university, basically, or what they expect a Canadian graduate to know so when they take the yeah. exam? Yeah. Um, what, when they graduate, sorry, when they graduate. Yeah. Uh, so after that, you, once you pass that exam, you become eligible to take the licensing exam, which the local graduates would also take. Um, so that yeah. would include a knowledge test and a practical test, which is OSCEs. Uh, so three mm. exams in total. And on top of that, in BC, there is also a requirement to take a um, six-month course uh, called a uh, international bridging program. Um, mm -hmm. So that would require you to take three months worth of uh, in-person classes and also three months of practicum. Uh, rotations uh, in a pharmacy that they assign you to. And after yeah. you require all those requirements, then you become eligible to license uh, in your province. Uh, if you were yeah. in a different province, you can you, you would have different requirements. Uh, the three exams are uniform through the entire nation. Um, yeah. So you would have to pass all three of those exams, regardless of which province you're in. Uh, but in terms of the additional practicum, some provinces have it, some provinces, just, uh, some provinces don't. Uh, yeah. Some provinces even offer a license challenge program. Basically, in uh, from what I understand in Ontario, uh, so Toronto uh, in Canada, um, you mm. are allowed to challenge for for a license, and the college would you know observe you throughout a week uh, to oh, see wow. if you are you know practicing up to the standards of a Canadian pharmacist. Um, yeah. And uh, if you are found to be equivalent uh, to a local pharmacist, uh, then you actually just get a get get in get a license at the end of that week. Oh uh, wow! But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that so uh, different different provinces have different uh, services that they offer in different ways that you can get a license, uh, but all within reason, all very reasonable. Yeah. So you're saying all the provinces still have to take all three of the exams need to pass all three. Right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it's just the and then the the thing you were saying about Toronto having uh, that one week of um, basically someone someone from I guess the university or anything like that observe yeah. you work. Yeah. That's more like the the bit where you are mentioning about additional provincial requirements, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sounds good. Sounds pretty intense, man. Um, but it, it is. I'm, it is. Yeah. yeah. How did so? How did you find it? Did you find it like it was it like? Did you have to pick a lot of time revising a lot whilst working, or? Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty. I would say it. It was a pretty stressful time in my life. I suppose. Yeah. Um. The first exam was the equivalency exam was um. Was actually not 
it, it, not insanely difficult. Uh, there are certain mm. things I don't think were very fair, like asking mm. us about chemical structures. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and, and, and the way that they tested it is not four very distinct different uh, chemical structures. It's four very similar chemical structures with different <laughs> functional groups attached. And the options that you pick, get to pick between them are you know, you know, which, which version of prostaglandin is this chemical, right? And they have five <laughs> different prostaglandins and you would have to memorize the, uh, you would have to memorize the functional groups attached to which prostaglandin. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure a local graduate would also not be able to answer this question. Yeah. You know? um, so there were some questions like that, that I thought was a bit unfair. Uh, however, mm. the licensing body in, Canada, uh, it's called PEBC, Pharmacy Exam yeah. Board of Canada. Um, they also put test questions on your exams, so those right. test questions don't actually get marked. They just want to see yeah. how the um, the candidates uh, answer that question, what the pass rate on that question is. Is it a reasonable question for the future? Uh, so you sometimes you get these ridiculously difficult questions that are actually not marked at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, that 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 part uh, is interesting in terms of how it makes mm. you feel in your exam. Yeah, um, and then on top of that, um, a lot of a, a lot is riding on those exams too. You know, if yeah. I don't if I don't pass this exam, you know, I have to wait another six months to to take the exam again because they only offer yeah. it twice a year. Yeah, uh, and then that delays my entire schedule by another six months of not earning yeah. income. Uh, and that, oh. that that's quite a huge financial impact to each candidate yeah. too. Um, in terms of the revising, uh, yeah, it was uh, it, for me it was quite intense because I knew that there was so much writing on 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 it. Um, so it's it, it certainly something that I took very seriously and practiced yeah. a lot and studied a lot for. Yeah, but you know what? It's all worth it, and you've passed it, and you're a flipping star. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is two years ago too. This is two years ago, so you know, still very vivid in my memories on how stressful yeah. it was. Probably one of the most That's... stressful things I had to do in my life. Sheesh, sounds pretty stressful to me. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, sounds good. Um, so we're gonna move on to um, other things you do on a day to day basis. Um, so I think I asked this question quite a lot to our guests, but um, do you think you've ever made like a pharmaceutical intervention during your practice that made you go home and think? Like damn, man! I did I did well today. I helped someone, or I saved someone's life. Yeah, I I don't know if I saved someone's life that many <laughs> times, uh, but yeah. certainly I do think I made I benefit my patients on a you know pretty regular right. basis. Yeah, uh, I suppose one of the more the one of the more vivid memories, or one of the more 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 memorable uh, experiences that I had when I was a pharmacist is when a patient uh, came to our pharmacy and we did a medication review on this patient. Um, and and the, the medications were so interesting uh, in terms of what we had no idea what's going on uh, for this patient. Mm. So they basically just, uh, to give you a little background, it's this uh, young 20-something-year-old um, lady who were who, 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 who had a lot of depression symptoms um, a couple months ago and this this example was set two three years ago when i first started as a pharmacist um and she basically had 
she she doesn't have a family doctor. She doesn't have a GP who she sees on a regular basis. Uh, she recently moved to Vancouver. Um, you know, not many friends. Very difficult job. Um, started feeling very lethargic, very regularly. Uh, started feeling very tired. Started feeling very depressed, basically. And she went to see a walk-in doctor uh, in 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 Canada. Uh, if you don't have a family physician, there are walk-in clinics that you can go see about any ailments that you have, uh, and they would quickly assess you, and you might not see this physician ever again. Um, so the first physician uh, prescribed the patient a SSRI, um, acetalopram to be precise, and the patient started experiencing a bit uh, a bout of insomnia. So she had insomnia at night because the doctor told her to take the acetalopram at night. And she yeah. wasn't able to sleep. So uh, she went back to the same walk-in clinic, saw a different doctor, and the physician there gave her Zotoclone to help her sleep. Because, okay, if you have difficulty sleeping, then, you know, I'll give you something else to help you sleep. And she works in a job that she needs to wake up relatively early. And she started having bouts of kind of hangover symptoms uh, from the Zopoclone. So she started feeling very tired and sleepy in the morning. Um, mm. And she went back to the same walk-in clinic again and saw a third different doctor who gave her dextroamphetamine, a stimulant, uh, to help her wake up in the morning. And uh, she was getting even more stressed out at this point. This point is, you know, when is this going to end? Like, am I going to just keep getting, uh, keep on getting different medications, adding on top and top and top? Uh, so when we did a medication review for this uh, patient, uh, you know, we realized that a prescribing cascade has been happening for her. That, you know, the physicians instead of, um, instead of solving her problem from the first medication. Um, instead just kept on prescribing her medications for her other symptoms, which were mm. results of the previous medication being prescribed. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm cer certainly, this, is, this story is not an indictment of physicians being mm. prescribing inappropriately. For sure. You know, these physicians also have a very tough job. They don't see the yep. patient. They've never seen this patient. Exactly. Uh, they are certainly trying their best. And from the limited amount of information that they're given from the yeah. patient, uh, they have to make their best judgment, which in this mm. case, they want to help the patient and give yeah. them something to help with their symptom. Um, so so fortunately, the pharmacy uh, did get a kind of overhead view on all her medications, the timeline, the dosages and stuff like that. And we realized what was going on. And we actually gave her a pretty simple solution. Um, she was taking her um, acetalopram at night, causing her insomnia. We actually just changed her timing to the morning. And that happened to help her to have much less of the insomnia, uh, and then she ha she was a she she could get off the zopacone and the dextroamphetamine, um, and she she came back a couple months later, uh, telling us that you know while her insomnia is not completely gone because she still has depression symptoms herself, um, you know a lot of the the, the side effects from all, all the other medications and the cascade was mostly gone. So that that's certainly an example that I used for. A lot of the students that come through my pharmacy in terms of why our job is important and why our job can really benefit our patient. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's one of the examples that I, I, know, I, I, I suppose is more memorable in terms of uh, how I've helped the patient. 
That's wonderful. Um, I think, <clears throat> as you said, it's not an indictment to physicians um, anywhere in the world. Um, as you said, they have a really tough job. Um, yeah. it, it's so hard. Like you see this patient once and you have to basically make a professional judgment off of what? Just a bit of information you have in that yeah. what 15 minute maximum consultation yeah. you have. Whereas so, but as you said, and I, and I know for sure that community pharmacies are one of the most accessible healthcare professional or healthcare um, hubs um, in anywhere, in any area. And so you having, you being the pharmacist there, you definitely have a much better overall picture to make that decision. And it just shows like a, a little change can make a massive difference. And like, kudos to you, man, like kudos to you and your team um, having that ability to just advise the patient to change and, you know, being able to encourage her to even change her timing of the drugs. You know, I'm sure you guys have um, made a really good report, built a really good report with the patient to, you know, to actually encourage her to do this. And it's great to see the positive benefit that the patient has benefited um, through through this interaction. So really, uh, this is a, I think this is a fantastic example of what a community pharmacist can do. Um, and I'm sure it's really rewarding for you, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, and, and I suppose to expand a little bit more, uh, I, yeah. I guess the spirit of your question, you know, making me feel like, dang, I did well today. Uh, I, I suppose the more rewarding part of the job really to me is, um, I, I, I obviously don't want to say clinical part of my job is not important. Obviously, that's what people, you know, come to the pharmacy for service for. Um, yeah. Also a very huge part of the job in terms of being a community pharmacist uh, yeah. at one location uh, and helping the same community and the same population over a long duration is forging those long-term relationships uh, in the community. And I suppose the, 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 the experiences that really make me feel, you know, like happy about myself that I, I've done well today and I've done well for my customers and my patients uh, really are, are are the days that, you know, sometimes they don't they, they don't even have a clinical question. They just have something tough that they're going through and they come in and talk to you about it. And it really shows, you know, how much, you know, how much we mean to them, um, how much service that we provide to them and how much they trust in us. Um, and, and, you know, to, to me, what I tell my, a lot of my students is uh, when, um, when a patient comes in and they ask specifically for you, that's when you know that you've done a really good job for them uh, over the time. Um, and they really have a great amount of trust in their health for that pharmacist uh, that they want to come back and speak to that specific person. It's, it is really a, um, it is really a sign that the person has done a really great job helping the other mm. people. And, and that's really what makes me feel pretty happy. Uh, it's a, the, definitely mo the more rewarding part of the job that, you know, I have these customers, I have these patients come in looking for me, asking uh, for my personal opinion on, you know, how their health can be improved. And that, that that's really rewarding for me. Nothing. Yeah, th I think that is, that's wonderful. Um, I remember when I was working in, um, a GP practice um, last year when I was doing my pre-registration year um, like I would I would obviously I, I have to answer phone calls too so when I answer from some phone calls they would ask for my supervisor and and like I just like you said like when you know someone's asking specifically for you dude that feeling is just insane and you just know you're doing a great job 
because you've helped them so much and that's why they want to come back to you right exactly um, exactly yeah that sounds so good um and that just highlights how much of an impact um a pharmacist can have in the in the community i always thought community pharmacists or like local pharmacists and here it would be like gp pharmacists and community pharmacists i feel like they're a bit like spider-man of the marvel universe like yeah. you're not iron man you don't take care of the world but you're the friendly like you know you're, you're the neighborhood friendly neighborhood spider-man that takes care of the community and there's yeah, a robbery sure. somewhere like you're gonna be there and help out um and you just that familiar face within that community right and um, then come to you with any kind of problems they have um clinical as you said or non-clinical so dude absolutely crazy good man um so after listening to that i think some of our listeners would be like oh actually i really want to tread the waters and see what i can do um in canada so have you got any like advice to our pharmacy students or even experienced pharmacists looking to find like another uh, a job in canada yeah i I would have some advice um Hmm. a a little bit i guess um and i suppose this advice is even sometimes more general uh it doesn't have to be specifically coming to canada Um, but I, i think number one is definitely figuring out for yourself what field you would like to be involved in Um, it's a very colorful industry in Canada and this is something I say to everyone that you know pharmacy is actually uh, a degree in pharmacy really is a great starting degree and what I mean by starting degree is you know if you study medicine you know you get to become a doctor if you study law you become a lawyer um, and if you study a pharmacy degree, you can become a pharmacist, but there's actually a lot of other roles within that industry that you can fill too. Uh, you know, being a clinical hospital pharmacist, uh, working in the industry, um, getting a minor in business uh, allows you to help become a pharmacy operational side of a specialist. Uh, so, you know, certainly there's a lot of jobs to fill in Canada and knowing what type of experiences you personally have, how that can tailor to a role specifically uh, in the future uh, will help you kind of find out everything else. Um, For example, in Canada, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, it's mainly based on the East Mm. Coast in Toronto, in Montreal. So, you know, if you had that skill set, you can certainly look into jobs, uh, you know, in terms of um, doing even logistical management uh, in the realm of pharmacy for those Mm. companies. Um, And if you wanted to become a a community pharmacist, you know, you have a great amount of experience in community pharmacy, in retail pharmacy, uh, then really the, the, the entire Canada is the oyster right uh, you can you can go yeah. anywhere uh you know any any community requires pharmacists to serve them uh yeah, so number one sure. is, is definitely knowing what what experience you have what interests you have what you want to do and then tailoring your goal where you want to end up in canada uh to find those work opportunities uh and then even uh understanding your own personality um in terms of you know what things you do like helping customers with what things that you find uh less rewarding i suppose uh, and different mm. chains also offer different types of uh, experiences to our customers um mm. different retail chains have a different value proposition uh value mm. proposition meaning what do they do special um and what kind of services do they offer to 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 patients that other chains do not offer and different mm. chains all offer different uh, value propositions and different personalities match these different values from the different companies. 
Uh, yeah. So also understanding what you you are capable of doing, what you enjoy doing, helps you find the right company to work for. Um, mm. So so that's also another really important part uh, in terms of looking for a job in Canada. Um, and and I do believe you know everything else. If you want it uh, hard enough, you if you want to become a pharmacist in Canada, you know the the knowledge is very translatable between the mm-hmm. UK and Canada. Um, the regulations are uh, similar, mm-hmm. um, and the degree, the education that you receive is, you know, it's it's is is to a very high standard in the UK that allows you to understand the knowledge and the exam and the information that you need to be getting, uh, practicing Canadian pharmacists uh, in a pretty realistic. Uh, to a pretty realistic effort level, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't require, uh, you know, redoing the degree in its entirety. And I've certainly seen a lot of success uh, from a lot of UK pharmacists, actually, coming over mm. to Canada for a different life, um, for a different lifestyle. They enjoy the Canadian life a little bit more, and uh, mm. they, I've certainly seen a lot of success uh, in terms of those candidates and uh, those pharmacists in finding their field in Canada, too. Hmm. Definitely looks like a definitely seems like a blueprint has been laid out um for a lot of up and coming pharmacists and pharmacy students um working in well studying in the UK or working in the UK to go to Canada. Sounds good. Um so yeah, thank you, Anthony, for for giving us that brief overview of what it is like to work in Canada. And now we're gonna move slightly off topic. Um and because we both love the NBA, uh we're both massive fans. And one person uh, specific in specific um, that we actually both admire quite a lot is Jeremy Lin. Um, and because, well, because he's Asian-American, um, but also the fact that he's he's basically the Asian-American dream. He's graduated from Harvard, plays in the NBA, is a Christian, like what else do you ask for? Um, but at the same time, he's... I think as you'll mention later, um, he's just a class act. Like he's he's faced so much adversity through his entire career um, and he still tr- stayed true to God. He still tr- stayed true to, you know, um, himself and how he kind of shows himself in the media and how he deals with um, these adversity is, is wonderful. And I think um, he has recently released an IG video, Instagram video about his journey for the past year uh, and me and Anthony have both watched it and it's, it's just lovely. But I think Anthony, you have a bit more to add to, you know, what you, what your thoughts of on Jeremy Lin are. Yeah, definitely. You know, Jeremy Lin definitely, you know, to me, my favorite NBA player, uh, not necessarily because he is the best NBA player, yep, uh, definitely. but he's certainly the most relatable one to me simply, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we're both Asian, right? Yeah. Um, and he has demonstrated a lot of kind of facing adversity. Uh, yeah. In the face of adversity, he kind of takes everything uh, with his chin up. Um, mm. And like you mentioned, uh, he's he's really just a class act. I think something that's really impressed me over the years of him being an NBA player and his personality really is, is, is he's faced quite a lot of adversity, um, you know, yet not getting on to uh, uh after his uh, uh new york next stint uh he didn't get <laughs> signed there yeah. and he 
um, you know, got shipped off to Houston and he had mm-hmm. difficulties getting a contract, even though objectively he certainly deserved a spot on a team. For sure. For I, sure. You know, I, I make no comments in terms of like, did he deserve a starting spot or something like that? Yeah. I, I think he personally did. Oh I mean, yeah, did. I do. <laughs> yeah. He, he deserved at least a trial at that. Uh, oh yeah. Run at that. Um, you know, currently his capabilities, you know, I haven't seen too many of his, uh, uh CBA. Games. Yeah. The CBA games, yeah. uh, that yeah. he played. Uh, but you know, I, I certainly think that he still deserved to be on a NBA team, yeah. Uh, after his run in um, at, was it Atlanta? It was Atlanta, and then at, in in Toronto, right? I think he no, was it was Atlanta. It was, he went to Brooklyn first, right? And then he went to yeah. Brooklyn, and then he Brooklyn. injured himself, and then yeah. he got traded to Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta played yeah, him yeah. for a while, and then they yeah. got him in midseason trade to Toronto, and he got the ring, right? Yeah, he got the ring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I mean, I certainly think he deserved a spot on a team. I, I don't oh, think yeah. his performance. Is, as a raptor was stellar but it wasn't terrible mm. either it definitely uh, was not terrible <laughs> yeah so so that's that's how i see him and yeah. he's really just an inspiration and i think ultimately the Honestly, one thing is. that resonates that resonates to me the most is just he just tries to do good you know he yeah he's just for sure he he's just, just wants a good to share guy. Exactly, right? He just wants to share some positivity. He wants people yeah. around him to be happy. He wants people yeah. around him to do the right things. And he wants himself yeah. to do the right things. And mm. very in, in in the climate that we're in today, where yeah. you know the political climate is so divided, everyone yeah. is so so much open animosity towards each other. You know, yeah. that that's really refreshing, right? You know? Yeah. Just someone trying to do good. And that's as simple as it is you just want to do good for other people and you want yeah. other people to do good for other, you know the the community around them and it really yeah. spreads right so yeah that's that's really the one thing for about jeremy lynn that i don't think a lot of nba players or you know just idols you know talk about that much and really yeah. try to share just being a good person trying to do good things uh on, on a re- very regular basis mm. Um, he had a really good video that was he, he was on a podcast actually I think like almost straight after the Toronto um, a victory in the NBA finals that he was talking about like man man just won the NBA finals okay he didn't play but he yeah. he got the ring and he got so much smack for it and I'm just like guys yeah. like there are 13 players on the team every yeah. single player plays a part like give this guy yeah. a break man he deserved yeah. that ring like he deserved it, the it, ring, man. Exactly. He deserved the ring. Like, why is that even a question? It's like, it doesn't matter if you don't play. Like, people get signed on veteran options just to help the locker room culture. Yeah, and you can't sure. say, so, and you're saying that Jeremy Lin doesn't polish Kyle Lowry on a daily basis when they play against each other in training? Like, come on, man. Like, you got to give this guy credit, like, so much credit for whatever he's done. And off the court as well. Like, he's just pushing to, like you said, he's just pushing for everyone to be better. Be better human beings. Be be just generally a good person. Um, and he does a lot of. Um, I know from his IG, Instagram, um, and everything else, he does a lot of Bible reading as well. So, um, and he's true to his family, his roots. Um, tries to represent our culture as much as he can, um, even through all the things that he's gone, he's been through, like being cut, hurt in the first game, thinking he's the he's gonna make a comeback season, and then boom, uh, off he goes, tear 
I don't know, I think it was meniscus or ACL. Yeah. <clears throat> um, first game in Brooklyn and like all of that stuff he has to go through, but he's still that same guy. I'm so happy for him uh, for that this past season when he's been in the CBA and he's just dropped his emotional baggage from the NBA to come back, play CBA, gain so much more confidence. You can just see it in his play, man. Like oh, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely. So good. Like you watch, I, I've watched so many of the CBA highlights now. Like I've caught up, I think. And his like last few games, even though I think he missed like a, sh- um, a game winning tying shot or something, like the play on the court for him, his demeanor on the court has just changed so much when he's playing in the CBA. And it doesn't mean like he's he's not capable of doing that in the NBA. I think it was just when you're playing sports, there's a lot of mental element to it, right? Like if you're mentally affected by something, you're not going to play as well. But you can just see from his play that he's just like gains so much more confidence. I'm so happy for him. And I, I hope he gets signed by the NBA, by a team in the NBA this season because he definitely deserves it. But yeah, definitely. that was my my admiration to one of our idols. Um, oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, shout for out sure. to Jeremy Lin if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jeremy Lin. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. tag him. I'm going to tag him so yeah. bad. Yeah, I um, hope you're listening yeah. to his pharmacy podcast. I, yeah, dude. <laughs> I hope <not. laughs> Totally unrelated, but dude, this guy's a legend. Gotta give him he a is. shout out. Um, sure. while, whilst we're on here, um, actually, I, I, I'm not sure if you've watched this, but on Netflix, there's a there's a series called The Playbook. I don't know if you know Playbook. it. I yeah, The I've Playbook. Seen it recommended to me. I have not so, hit on it yet. It's, so it's it's about uh, coaches and how obviously they they organize teams, but it's way more than that. It's um directed by Maverick Carter, who's uh, LeBron's friend. I don't know if you know. Um, who does a lot of interviews as well and it, it's really good he so like the first few episodes i've watched is the first one was doc rivers the second one was jill ellison i think who is the women's uh u.s soccer coach the third one is jose Mourinho, and each of them did bring like a different element to each episode because obviously they're different people and they're both off coaches but they offer so much more insight to what they do on a daily basis and the things they do on off on and off the court so i think Highly recommend. Great, great, uh, great series so far. I've seen. Shout out to the playbook. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend it. Go watch it. It's great. Um, so we have a final bonus round, and um, this is gonna be a new thing that we I'm doing. And it's called um, so yeah, it's called rapid fire round. So you gotta say the first word that comes into your mind. Um, for these scenarios or words. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so are you ready? You ready? Yeah, okay, okay. So pharmacists. <laughs> Uh, underutilized. <laughs> great, great word, great word. Um, Canada. Sorry. Why? I, I, I don't know. I can't come up with anything. Why? Sorry. Why? <laughs> sorry. sorry. I you, you can have so many things, but maple syrup, <laughs> I think I... <laughs> okay, UK. UK, charming. I think it's a charming country. <laughs> this, oh, my this, God. There's a certain amount of, like, dignity to the uk culture about how, <laughs> how people conduct business uh and okay. how they conduct themselves so yeah i, I think okay, it's okay. Charming. okay 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 i'll take i'll take that i'll take that okay okay this is the this is the golden question okay nba 2020 champions prediction i know this is going to be released after they win but you heard it from here first <laughs> yeah lebron just okay, just okay later. Right. yeah as much as i want jimmy butler to pull through and win himself a chip like yeah yeah, LeBron and AD, yeah. I, I think uh, I think they're going to take the isolation or Orlando championship away. 
Yeah, I, I reckon. I mean, especially with Goran Dragic and Bam out for game yeah. three. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, yeah, they were out and then they, oh, no, no, they won today. They won but they're still three. out. Yeah, they're still yeah out. but they still, yeah, they're still they, out. They, they had to win, uh, they had to win four games. So without them, I don't, I don't know if they win four games. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they can. But okay, final one. Uh, Keel. Uh, it's not one word, but uh, up and coming. I think it's still, yeah. uh, it's still uh, I suppose, challenger. You know, they're they're definitely trying to do a lot of things that are right for their students, and yeah. they're, they're challenging established universities for the top spots in terms of ranking tables and stuff like that, yeah. and trying to do a good job. So you know, kudos to yeah. Keel. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that wraps up our podcast episode today. Um, thank you again, Anthony, for coming on, being such a fantastic guest, offering a lot of insight to how we practice or how you practice in Canada and how pharmacy students here and pharmacists can also um, bridge the gap and come over or cross the border and go to Canada and possibly work there as well. So thank you so much. And and also our discussion about Jeremy Lin and NBA. Um, Always great to catch up with you. um, And yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me too. You know, it's been uh, it's really nice to catch up with you. Yeah, sounds good, man. Um, so we're gonna sign off. Um, so uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to our channel uh, on, and you can listen to this on any well your favorite podcast streaming podcast platforms such as SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So uh, until then, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.